Okay. Enough singing, all right? <laughs> are out in the forest for what should be just a simple camping Yay. night. You're laying back looking at the stars when all of a sudden, whoosh, what was that? Did something fly over us? God, I hope not. It must be time for another episode of Mystery. That's right, it's the podcast where we smoke weed and we talk about the mysteries of the universe. We'll see if they get this right because we forgot to prep them on it. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. I'm Brett. I'm Kelly. And I'm Robert. That's right. We've got two fabulous guests in the studio with us today. Some of my very best friends in the entire world. They're both incredibly talented performers, even though they don't do it as much as they used to when I met them. Uh, they're just incredible, all-around amazing people that I'm so glad to have on. And they are also stoners. Uh, <laughs> if you needed another reason to watch the Twitch feed, you are missing out on their beautiful faces if you're not watching. And this will also be on the YouTubes, right, Rob? That's true. Yes, it will, because there's no light glare. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast where we smoke weed and talk about mysteries. Yes. Today shall be no different. God, I hope not. We've got lots of weed on the table today. We are smoking personals just in observance of Corona's times. Uh, but I have a Pineapple Paradise hemp wrap, and inside is Durban Poison. <laughs> it's at like 22% THC. Okay. And that's also what uh, Brett and Kelly have, because I rolled blunts for them. Oh, <laughs> what a good <laughs> What a gentleman. Yeah. Um, I came right from the, the shop, so I did not have time to roll something. Uh, What's the list? No What's classic this? twisted hemp wrap for Tristan. Oh, no. It's okay. You got some Henry's original over there? Yeah, I got my, my trusty uh, silicone bowl that okay. I like. It's my traveler piece, so I'll be smoking out of that. And I got the Henry's original pure cannabis flower country cut buds, farm owned and operated. It's the sativa. At 18.39% and a super sour haze. Okay. Come up to the stage. (laughs) Well, I too am an original, getting the (laughs) Henry's original uh, from Mendocino County. Uh, It's got 23.5% THC. The strain is Spyrock OG. Mm, All right. It's a hybrid. That's a rocky standout on. Look for things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's with the original high hemp, non flavored. Not to be confused with Voyeur Rock. Uh, Voyeur Rock, where yeah. you just watch for things? Like, what's the difference between Spy Rock and Spy, Voyeur Spy, I feel like, has a specific uh, mark. He's got a mission. You're right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Voyeur is just like, <laughs> I like watching. Right, who's going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a quick recap on Rob and Tristan and I's first time smoking weed. Uh, go ahead in like one or two sentences. Uh, Super Bowl party, freshman year in high school, everyone got too high, ruined the party. My uncle came to pick up my cousin and we were, everyone was asleep and he was like, this is (laughs) the lamest party I've ever seen. (laughs) Turned Uh, me off weed for like 
another four years and then I refound it again and I've never looked back. Refound it in a gravity bong, right? Uh, that was no, that was the first that was one the was the gravity bong. Okay. Yeah, that tore it was too too extreme for newbies, freshmen. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it put everyone to sleep because yeah. it was that intense. Wow, it made you have a weed free high school experience. Right? Yeah. Huh. And then mine was in a park out of a Gatorade bottle, and then afterwards we ran past the speed limit sign. Uh, to see who could get the fastest. Oh, like the thing that tracks your speed? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The like, speed reader, I guess I, I should it. say. Uh, mine was uh, from a Pepsi can behind a mausoleum with a group of people I didn't know. And uh, they would they would inhale. Exactly. <laughs> it was a religious experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would inhale it and be like, oh man, this is good stuff, and blow it out. And I would take it in my mouth, blow it out, and be like, yeah, some really good stuff because I just thought that's what that's what weed does to voice boxes. Uh, <laughs> I like how you described that too. Just took it in the mouth. Yeah, I did. Took it in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little on the face, and then uh, you know started talking weird. And then y'all, if you wanna, you don't have to be as quick as we did. Yeah, you yeah, can you take can your be time more remembering detail. it. Okay, I'll go first. Um, mine, I think, was summer before. Freshman year of high school, pretty sure. We were out in a like soccer field and a park from our hometown, and um, with some like older high school kids, and uh, we smoked a bunch of weed, and then we went and sat in the Walmart parking lot, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> this is a place you could. Yeah. Go that's, that's I think somebody went to get eye drops at some point, and, <laughs> uh, you know, snacks. But, sure. Yeah, it was. Good time. It's a good resource when yeah. you're like super stoned. Do you, you remember if it was uh, like a joint or a pipe or? I want to say it was a um, like plastic Coke bottle, nice. aluminum foil, poke the holes in it situation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been in that situation. Yeah. It's an unfortunate it one, but I think most of us have it been works. there at one point or another. It does work. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brett, do you remember yours? Um, I was a junior in high school. Okay. And um, I was friends with this girl, and we went to a trailer park directly behind our high school, and <laughs> blazed up in her trailer. And I learned how to, uh, <laughs> Love it. Love I it. learned how to roll a blunt okay. that day, and uh, that was the beginning of it. And then, like two weeks later, I bought my own sack, and that was that. Uh, I <laughs> love it. Uh, there is definitely like a turning point when yeah. you buy your own sack. For oh yeah. Sure. Uh, okay, so that's all of our first time smoking weed. We are going to light our blunts here. I uh, will say the first time that I ever bought weed was like uh, five years ago when I started living oh, yeah. next to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta to touch tips together. Give a little tip touch. Got a fat tip coming in. Okay, and we are lighting those blunts. We're lighting those blunts. We are lighting those blunts. This We're is where you can blunts. smoke along. Watch along, smoke along, listen along. Yes, and get high, because this is High Mystery. And today is another edition of Collins Crazy Quirky <laughs> Kentucky Cryptids. Oh, a lot of K's, Woo. C's, and Q's in there. But they all sound like Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ken Tuck. That's right. Kentucky seems to have a high propensity of cryptids, which we all know at this point. 
are any animal or humanoid that has not been proven by science but is widely to believed to exist in folklore uh, or in the world. Quote unquote widely. I mean <laughs> some some more wide than others will say. <laughs> sure. I mean it's worldwide. People believe in Sure, it's on Wikipedia. Worldwide. It's out yeah. there. And unproven, you know, I feel like there's some proof out there that people want to just like naysay or whatever maybe it is to say maybe there's some evidence right okay yeah yeah not necessarily proof. when does evidence become proof (laughs) (laughs) when it's irrefutable (laughs) when is anything irrefutable Uh, that's a good question i'll just answer it with who's to say god jesus you Our Lord and Savior? Especially if you're in the Kentuck. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. What did the Lord say about Bigfoot? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the Lord would love Bigfoot. He would bring him in and hug him in his arms. Praise <laughs> his name. Praise him. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, yeah, today these are all cryptids from Kentucky. Am I a cryptozoologist now? I think so. I think you've put in enough research. At least time I'm professional. (laughs) Certainly know a lot about cryptids, but you're not exactly uh, discovering new things about cryptids, and I think that's what separates. Are you sure? I think just calling yourself a cryptozoologist. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tristan. I'm pretty sure the bar is as low as the bar can get. (laughs) Are you a cryptid archaeologist? Oh, shit. If you're only discovering the old, you're not discovering new? Oh. Yeah. Unless or you just could say, researcher. Yeah, what Bigfoot's diet really was or something. New evidence points to uh, blueberries. blueberries. Who knew? <laughs> Bigfoot's a big acai <laughs> fan. <laughs> it's good in antioxidants. Yes. Yeah. He's up on the trends, Bigfoot. <laughs> okay, the first one on the list is hard to pronounce. It's the Yunwi Sunzdi. It comes to us. This is a group of uh, people from Cherokee folklore, sometimes considered spirits, sometimes considered diminutive humanoids, about two feet tall. They're from the hills of eastern and southeastern Kentucky. Uh, They're apparently up to three or four different types, uh, and the descriptions range from kindly but mischievous to full-on malicious tricksters. So mm. this is very similar to the Minnehune. This, this is yes. This is 100% the Kentucky version of Minnehune. Except I believe Minnehune and Hawaii were like, what, like 10 inches, 14 inches? Uh, I think they range from like a foot to two feet, like depending on who's seen them. Sure. Okay, well then yes, these are very much the Kentucky version Basically, elemental fairies or something, you know, like, or, yeah, because leprechauns are technically fairies, so anything, like, on that level of, like, magical and mischievous, like, fairies can be mischievous, too. You got shoe elves. That's true. A lot <laughs> you of fairies are elves. You got your run-of-the-mill shoe elves. Can't trust those damn dirty shoe elves. <laughs> Who's making these shoes? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned leprechauns so quickly because I did learn of a new like variation on leprechauns. I want to call. I want to say they're like chimicons or something okay. like that, and they're specifically like associated with hiding in uh, breweries and pubs and like oh. liquor storage and stuff like that. I was going straight to chimney like. Chimney sweeps encounter these guys all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's said in the research that it was hard to tell whether they were an actual, like, distinct variation or if they were just, like, drunk leprechauns. Nice. (laughs) But anyway. Which 
Leprechauns are Irish, right? So yeah. one and the same, drunk leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn on the Irish, burn. Oh, <laughs> it's I feel true, like though. if you're Irish and someone says something about drunk Irish, you don't take it as a burn. You take it as pride. You're like, I yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, right. leprechauns are inherently drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to say it. It's just whether or not they're an angry drunk. Yeah, or right. Or yeah. like cute and happy. <laughs> the Yunwi Sunsti are said to be able to control and manipulate individual humans and can even disappear at will for short periods of time. Okay. They're basically, I mean, everything is reading Hobbit on this story. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> Hobbits can disappear on will. Well, I mean, one if they can, have the ring. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Their homes are said to be... Uh, Sorry. Uh, their homes are said to be accessed by holes in the sides of hills or steep sides near ponds or rivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one has ever been allowed inside, though. So nobody knows what it looks like once you're in there. Right. It could be like a Harry Potter tent where it looks like a small little hole and you go in there and it's like, oh, a castle. In yeah. There. How did so many bunk beds It's like mid-century <laughs> modern with Swedish influence. Right. <laughs> Everything's really clean. Wow, I can't believe that was you expect. You got a really good open concept in here. (laughs) Uh, No one, uh, sorry, no one was ever allowed inside. They are reported to wear clothes, shoes, hats, and jewelry, and they do not interact with modern people because they are connected to nature and fear machines. Apparently, before the modern age and before, like, I guess white people came to America, a lot of this comes from Cherokee folklore, and so they were, like, willing to trade with the Cherokee and, like, just chill as can be with everybody until all us white folk got here. I mean, that supports my elemental theory, the fact that they're very connected to nature. And yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. the preservation. Pres- pers- preservation? Preservation. I'm with you, dog. You knew what I was... I'm going to smoke this weed some more. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan's not smoking as much without his blunt. He's just off his game. This is true. <laughs> But yeah, that is the long and short of the Yunwe Sunsti. Uh, the little people of Kentucky is how they're also huh. called, but they're not little people. They're, these sure. are mythical beings we're talking I mean, these about. These guys are so. only, what, two feet? Two inches? Yeah, so? two feet. Okay, two feet. And Why you said it was in eastern Kentucky. Eastern and southeastern. Okay. Why are there so many Kentucky cryptids that are small people? I don't know. There's quite a few. It's funny you should lots ask of, that. Lots as... of tiny guys running around out in the woods in eastern Kentucky. You know, that's, a, that's just the perfect transition into the next one. Did you have a look at this earlier? <laughs> next on the list is the Boatland Fairies. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and is uh, Boatland uh, a place in Kentucky? I don't know. I couldn't find it because whenever I looked up Boatland Fairies, it would just come back with lots of like, join us on our mystical story. We are the Boatland Fairies. And like, stuff like that. Like, a lot of fairy toys came up and like, artwork of fairies riding seashells as boats. That kind of stuff. (laughs) You got a good PR marketing person, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. The fairies (laughs) know how to keep themselves out front. Right. Some good (laughs) merchandise. But uh, they basically are said to be in the waterways of Kentucky. So that's what I think the boat land comes from, is just the idea that they're pretty much anywhere there's water are these fairies that ride boats and live along the water. 
Are we just talking about mosquitoes, though? Or? Right. <laughs> Blood-sucking fairies. These fairies are a little different. If you pour a little water on the ground in Kentucky, you'll get mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah for These sure. fairies are like that. Just anywhere you find the water. It's magic. You pour it. They just flock up. Just it, it, hundreds of them. It's bad magic. <laughs> in, our, in the early 20th century, uh, Kentucky family histories were gathered, and it was found that many of them included fairies. Uh, 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 in the ancestral Dot, dot, dot. Many of them included fairies living on their land. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so they, I would assume, be just like. Yeah, there's fairies living on my land, but, you know, they're taking care of all the unripe vegetables, and they're keeping wolves at bay, <laughs> one would assume. Maybe. Uh, whatever the case, it was in the Kentucky histories of some families, I guess. Worth noting, worth yeah. writing down. Consistently, the fairies were described as being only six or seven inches tall and using machines. What? Yeah. No wings on these fairies. Oh. But very fast moving on the ground. So they're steampunk fairies. Yeah, exactly. He's like little helicopter backpacks. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> the borrowers. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Borrowers would fit into this category, mm -hmm. no doubt. Uh, they used boats and had small towns and villages set up near water sources. And apparently, people and fairies had a symbiotic relationship, just that's like nice. Rob was mentioning. So yeah. they take care of rotten fruit. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Keep wolves at bay. Yeah. The two jobs of a fairy. <laughs> the two jobs of yeah, a fairy. Yeah, the two, two jobs of a fairy take care of that unripened fruit. Or too ripe fruit. <laughs> my, my rap, my rap uh, band name is called Too Ripe Fruit. Too Ripe Fruit. Thanks everybody for coming out. Uh, so glad Jim Decino can show its love for Too Ripe Fruit. We were three people. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of you are confused to see three of us up here. Um, <laughs> it is not T W O Ripe Fruit, it is T O O Ripe Fruit. You can clarify by buying a t-shirt at the front. Okay, we're going to get started in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Just got to tune our instruments in front of you. <laughs> but yeah, that's the long and short of the Boatland Fairies, and it is short, but... I mean, I wonder then what the humans did to, like, ruin the symbiotic relationship, because I'm assuming it's still not going on. I mean, you wonder, pick, take your pick. We're yeah. Gonna, <laughs> I guess I just wonder which one out of the million things that we did was I'm, that broke the camel's back. I'm picturing a cutaway of, like, an entire fairy village and just some white guy just squatting over it, and they're all screaming, right. like, no! And he's just shitting everywhere. <laughs> That's what I picture. I don't yeah. know. Bubba ran his four-wheeler right over right. a whole fairy family. Oh, dang. I killed something. A whole community. What's this? A <laughs> helicopter backpack? What's that called? <laughs> What's so that called? that on What's my cat. Here, Timmy, I got you something for you G.I. Joes. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is solid. I went to... I had a friend... A friend. I, I had a roommate in college whose best friend... Was named Bubba, mm. and I just always thought that was kind of special. There really are. A we lot know of lots them. of best friends named Bubba. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
throw a rock in Kentucky, you get a boat. <laughs> but yeah, that's the f- boat led ferries. Is Bubba short for something, or is that just straight up brother? Bubba? Uh, I think it's like slang on brother. Right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I I called my brother Bubba, and huh. I think it it kind of started there. But Bub. then there's just a lot of country boys that go by Bubba. Okay. Who knows what their real name right? is? Seriously, it's like Randolph. <laughs> or... I, think, I think some of them are actually named Bubba. I mean, I'm I sure there are some. Yeah, I think this guy was named like, Bubba because I'm pretty sure I was yeah. like, "Is that like that's your like name on your ID?" And he was like, "See it there, it's Bubba." <laughs> and I was like, "All yeah. right." Just why if it was like short for like Bubba Jean or something. <laughs> <laughs> Famous tennis yeah. player. Yeah, Jean. you know. <laughs> I was gonna say that. that would only be what Bubba would name his daughter. Right. Bubba Jean, get in here. You were supposed to be a boy. <laughs> Uh, next on the list is, this is kind of like a blend of cryptidy, like just weird happenings, but I thought it was good enough to throw in there. It is out of Kentucky after all. So this is the Birds of LaGrange. In January 2012 in LaGrange, Kentucky, thousands upon thousands of blackbirds invaded the small town. Mm-hmm. LaGrange, Kentucky is pretty much northern Kentucky. It's on the northwestern side of the state, and it's got a population of just over 8,000. It's close so, to Louisville, right? Yeah. Just it's above Louisville. Is it above? Yeah. It's oh, closer okay. to where we grew up than it is to Louisville. I went on a, a first date to a wedding there once. It was really weird. It was his mom. <laughs> you went on a first date to a wedding? It was like, met online, do you want to come to my mom's wedding? Oh my God. <laughs> Warning side of no, I do not want to come to your mom's wedding. I think it may have actually been the second time we hung out, but it was very, very soon. But I mean, it was, you know. What's the theme and what kind of catering is it? (laughs) Yeah, right, seriously. (laughs) I just remember like a lot of margaritas. She was a like loves margaritas mom, so it was fun. I had fun. She's not a fun mom till she has their margaritas. Which is all the time. <laughs> but yeah, so thousands and thousands of blackbirds just show up one day. When? What year again? January 2012. Oh, okay. Oh, this not is too recent. long ago. Yeah, eight years ago. And this wow. amount of blackbirds has never been recorded in this area. Ain't nobody <laughs> seen this kind of shit before. I don't know that this has really ever happened anywhere else either. Oh my god, worldwide. Yeah. And if you're not aware, a group of crows is called a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's just, you know, so just keep that in mind. There I mean, was... <laughs> it's life imitating art going back to Hitchcock's birds. Yeah, I was thinking this was like maybe the inspiration for or But something. no, this wasn't. Yeah, no, they mentioned the birds several times in my research. Like, they, they were like, this small town is having a real incident like the birds, but... Nobody was pecked to death or anything. Uh, there was so much poo that residents had to use. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I guess I just did that way too casually. You just wait for it. <laughs> Thought he would slip and slide through that sentence. <laughs> Makes me think of the bird from Scary Movie or whatever, the one that just like oh, has yeah. crazy diarrhea. Yeah. Yep, we're all visualizing that now. <laughs> there was so much poo that residents had to use umbrellas anytime they were outside. 
as well as street sweeping, which hadn't really occurred there before, started happening two to three times a week. I mean, on the bright side, did, like, vegetation and things start being, like, excellent over there? They just I mean, grew the best I mean, tomatoes yeah. they've ever seen. It's Kentucky, so, like, you could literally, like, drop some seeds and you'll have a forest in front of you. <laughs> yeah. But... I'm sure it enriched the soil in a positive way. <laughs> I'm just trying to see the silver lining to the, <laughs> the poop rain. I'm uh, sure while everyone was standing in a, like a street filled with bird shit, they would probably love you saying, well, at least it's good for the crops. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you get out of here. Yeah, seriously. Well, Burn the dreaded one. <laughs> <laughs> He's flammable. <laughs> Was there like a drought of crows before this happened? Like people looking overhead and they're like, I haven't seen a crow in, I'd say about three years. I would imagine up to this point they had an unremarkable number of crows. You know, like a normal, like, you know, there's a few crows in the sure, town. But sure, Yeah. But I'm just wondering if something held up their migration or something like that. Oh, and they're I see. like, we can't cross now. A volcano erupted in fucking Iceland. And so... Well, it sounds like they stopped to, like, feast themselves to completion until they came yeah. over and just shit all over the town. <laughs> Nature's crazy. Well, that, that area of, of Kentucky has a lot of big, like, cornfields and that kind of thing, too. So For sure. Been, they found something they liked. And You're they definitely yeah. in the in-between in this section yeah. of Kentucky. You're, like, not at Cincinnati, not at Louisville. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? Plant corn. Plant corn. <laughs> there is a lot of rural area up there. So. Yeah. They actually grow wine up there. Did y'all know that? You mean grapes for wine? Grow what? They grow grapes for wine. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's a boss. It's growing wine. It's growing trees. It's okay. Tristan got us there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they tried air cannons, they tried loud music, they tried a whole bunch of stuff, but the birds kept coming back. Like, um, we threw a rave party for the birds and they yeah. didn't leave. I'm like, what music did they I choose? I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what they played. Was it Nickelback? Did the birds still <laughs> stay? Was, was it, it Counting Crows? Wasn't that song from <laughs> Miss Attacks that makes their heads explode? Was it Cheryl Crow? <laughs> <laughs> was it the soundtrack for the crow? <laughs> Whatever the case, after a while, the birds just went away and things went back to normal. And now there's a normal amount of blackbirds there again. <laughs> didn't, we, didn't we have, where we're from, in southern Kentucky, not long ago, a weird, like, excessive amount of birds? I know there were a bunch of birds over by where I work for a while. There was there was a time in our town where... I think people were shooting the at middle, groups of them oh, to Jesus. try to get them to disperse. In the middle of town, they were on every single power line. Yeah. Like, Everything was covered in birds. It looked like something from a about horror a week, movie, and, and it's all everybody talked about, about for a while. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Oh. May have been right before. Maybe they were on their way to Lagrange. Yeah, maybe yeah. this is where they went after Lagrange. Yeah. Yeah. It was a perfect storm of birds. I don't think it was crows though. It was something smaller. No, they were smaller. They were like, I don't know. They were brown. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I brown know, crows. Yeah. I didn't was go to your typical brown crow, yeah. you know, got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it for the event of these wild birds in uh, they just Lagrange, Kentucky. Took a dump and then they all migrated in the same direction away, or they were just like they met up and then they went their you know respective ways. 
Well, yeah, I don't think crows are migratory birds because they so, can exist in any climate. They actually uh, go as far north as any other creature into the Arctic. So they weren't they weren't there to mate. It wasn't like a big mating thing. No, because they don't come back every year. You know what I mean? It's not uh, like a it's not like the salmon of Capistrano or whatever. <laughs> the smaller, they come to this thing, like secluded uh, spot, and it's just no longer good. They built up a high rise and they're like fuck where do we go cornfield i don't know i didn't look, i didn't see too many theories about it like in terms of like why these birds were here all of a sudden but i do feel like there's a lot of mountain capping that happens unfortunately in the kentucky area and so maybe it was as a result or coal mining or mm -hmm. what have you so it might have been as a result of like loss of habitat <laughs> sudden habitat That's loss true. or something like That's that. That's sad i i like to think of it more like you know, the birds were malicious as opposed to, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they sent out a forum like, yo, let's all go shit on this town. Yeah. <laughs> out later. yeah, there was some like old woman in the town who like cursed a blackbird and they were all like, you know what? Fuck this bitch. We're going to rain shit on the streets for weeks. Thanks a lot, Janice. <laughs> yeah, right. Or maybe it was like... Like you were saying, but that she wanted to curse the town, and so like all the birds are flying, and they're just like, I don't know, I have this weird urge to like fly this way, and now I have this weird urge to take a shit, and it was all because of a curse that they didn't even know about. It. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh -huh. Somebody was controlling the blackbirds. Yeah, and... yeah. There's who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, the last one of our cryptids for today is the giant. Man-eating catfish. Whoa. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> Watch out, boy, shoot you. I like I've heard about this one. Have you heard about this one? Um, I feel like I've heard it's a little bit memory. about it, but I've heard so many stories about people noodling. Right, I was going to say, isn't that, that a thing? I'm, I'm concerned at this point. <laughs> you, like, trick the fish into thinking yeah. your finger's a worm. Yeah, or and then you just, like, that. shove your arm down its throat. Yep. It's, 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 but then it... Eats your whole body. I don't know. Let's see. We have to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Noodling is definitely a real thing. It is definitely it's. You may have seen hillbilly hand fishing on mm -hmm. History Channel or whatever it is, but when I was growing up, it was called noodling, not fucking hand fishing. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's noodling. <laughs> it's noodling. I've and, never heard uh, anybody say hand fishing. That sounds right? like something else. That sounds like something intellectuals hear from hillbillies, and they're like, what is it exactly? <laughs> okay, hand fishing. I've got you now. Because I feel like there are many different kinds of hand fishing, but there's only one type of noodling. Tristan gets it. Yeah. He's not even from there. Yeah. <laughs> you just get it. You just get it, you just get it man. Good, good on you. Thank you. I'm going to reward myself with some more weed. <laughs> there you go. You deserve it. Uh, but yeah, Newfoundland is when you go out and you literally search along the banks until you find what is a catfish hole because they mm. will wriggle themselves up into the bank and wait for something to come by. And so you simulate that with your hand you take your fingers and you know tempt them to bite on, and they do. And then when you when they bite, you hold on and pull them straight out of the water. Mm -hmm. And so and then you get some catfish to eat. Anyway, <laughs> this is about the idea that there are catfish so large that they're actually able to eat people. I feel uh, like that show Swamp Monsters. He went yeah. looking for mm. one. Definitely, definitely a good guy for uh, this mystery. This takes place in all of Kentucky and indeed all of the southeastern United States have rumors and stories of giant catfish. Mm -hmm. But it goes back, I said, to the beginning of time 
but really, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, the, to the dawn of man, I mean, really, they were talking yeah. about large catfish Some in Kentucky. Cave painting. <laughs> <laughs> thousands and thousands of years ago, sure. basically. Uh, they're rumored to be true giants the size of Volkswagens, oh. said to live in the deepest part of lakes and rivers, specifically enjoying dams and beaver dams. Uh, the idea is that they're just simply too deep and they're too wise to be caught. Uh, they've been spotted by divers doing dam repairs under the water. They're said to be so large that they're able to swallow dogs and small children. Mm. The um, American record for a catfish is 143 pounds. Okay. Yeah. And wow. that's the one that's been caught and weighed. Exactly. But like, there have been sightings of bigger ones. Of ones that are so large they're said to be as big as a car. And isn't like uh, Nessie thought to be like maybe one of these? Like someone mentioned that it could be like a giant catfish or something? We did mention that, yeah. It is one of the theories behind the sightings in Loch Ness that are attributed to Nessie. I mean, if it's a Volkswagen swimming around, I don't know. <laughs> Out, crazy things in lakes. Out of yeah, I mean, out of everything we've talked about, I think humongous catfish is definitely possible. <laughs> Most plausible so far. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly will never get in a lake. Uh, I already wasn't crazy about it, but listen, Kentucky lakes are different. Doctors tell you not to go swimming in them for weeks after you have a cut like stitched up or something. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, just because the they water's get filthy. Yeah, you oh, just shouldn't. Yeah, because it's a giant catfish. Yes, because it's a giant catfish. Doctors know. Not super clean, giant catfish. (laughs) You don't want to be on the menu in the story. I like the idea that these are like super wise. Like if you were able to like catch one or like find it, like it would bestow upon you like some knowledge or some wishes or something. He has a monocle. Yes. Take me back to the water. And I shall save your life from creatures you would never know otherwise. Exactly. I will tell you stories of my childhood. Bring me babies and dogs, and I will give you what your heart desires. How many babies and dogs, sir? Oh. It's never enough. Uh, in 1914, in Hardin County, Tennessee, an 800-pound catfish picture surfaced. And that caused a whole lot of hubbub. Did he, like, take a hop, skip, and a jump down to Kentucky to take that picture? No, he's in... This Uh, happened in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a Kentucky incident as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, it's okay. You know, things happen in Tennessee, too. Who's this Elvis Presley coming in here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the building of dams in 1930s would lead to many more sightings. And this is just kind of a timeline of why people think there are giant catfish. I guess I should have said that earlier, but I'm high. In 1970s, in Caseyville, Kentucky, a fisherman would find a human baby inside of a catfish stomach. What? That's the story, anyway. I mean, I never said how old the human baby was. Like, maybe it was like... You know, prom night for this. Oh, God. It was down to the lake. Just a prom night dumpster baby. (laughs) I don't write these stories. (laughs) They've been read throughout time. That's a family guy reference I was doing. See, clearly it's a thing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so that's the story that in the 70s, a fisherman found this inside of a catfish. 
Did the fisherman do something? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, God. Fisherman killed a baby and was like, I found it in this catfish. No joke. Man, I'm a hero, right? I'm like a hero now. (laughs) Next new bit is in 1985. A water skier purportedly was attacked by a catfish. He was an 11 year old boy who was skiing and had bite marks up to his knee. Oh. Yeah, so those are the events. What? Most. <laughs> yeah, marks. little bite marks. Yeah, like the idea was a catfish like grabbed him from underneath. Yeah. yeah. But he was fish water have teeth? teeth. Yeah, fish have teeth. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that catfish in particular. I've seen like the fish that have like the teeth you can really see. Yeah. I know what you're saying. There's but... definitely a difference between like a barracuda's teeth. And yeah. That. Yeah. And there's a lot of like smooth mouthed fish out there. I guess catfish have teeth. Yeah, but they're not like... <laughs> Fuck if I know, honestly. Yeah, I've never pulled one out. I've never noodled yeah, a catfish out of yeah, the water. Yeah, I've never noodled. <laughs> no. I'm no. a noodler. Brett, stop noodling up there! <laughs> what are you doing, boy? <laughs> if there's any professional noodlers out there who'd like to comment and weigh in on the discussion... Yeah, do catfish have teeth? That'd be good to know. Surely not strong or sharp enough to, like, really cut your arm open because... It wouldn't noodling wouldn't be exactly a fun thing. Oh no! Work. As I understand it, it hurts when they bite you. You just you're just in for it. You just I would imagine, it yeah. I mean, like a lizard kind of situation. Sure, probably. just generally not enough to like. The thing to tear worry about with catfish are the gills because their oh, gills yeah. are super sharp. Like, That's right. I yeah, grew up learning not to touch a catfish while you're fishing. So. Yep. And make sure your hand goes the right way down the fish, yeah. not back up. Yeah. You know, so sure. a huge one would have, it'd be like sling blades <laughs> on the side of that fish. God, just eviscerating you as you try to pull yeah. out of the water. Uh, the yeah, last that's thing, what I want to know. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. This 800-pound one that was supposedly caught and taken yeah. a picture of, were they using, like, a tow truck hook to, like, fish this guy? Like, how do you fish an 800-pound? It was, it was only 150, right? No, it's that eight hundred pound. He's there was the world record for approvable for approvable that yeah. somebody had in their hands one hundred forty three pound. Yeah, in North America, we're oh. specifically talking about the breed of catfish that exists in North America. Oh, so there's a bigger one worldwide. Yes, which I oh. uh, which is my final note is that the Mekong giant catfish, which exists, I assume, in China, uh, is up to nine feet and six hundred forty six pounds. And that's a proven one? That's a proven really exists, and you can see pictures of it online well, where, like, people are as big as this catfish, basically. Well, uh, then I believe that there are man-eating catfish, whether or not they reside in Kentucky. <laughs> I, don't <know> <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a man-eating. I would say, like, a child or baby eating, human eating, you could maybe classify it as that. But to say man, I'm picturing an, an adult. A man is well, a man no matter how small. Yeah, okay. it's true. That's true. <laughs> little, Touché. People, little people as well, you know. I'll go repent. <laughs> don't don't tell a little person he's not an adult because he's not, you know, full size. He'll kick your ass and yeah. then, you know, you'll get your ass I mean, kicked by a little person. Yeah. I should have thought that through before I said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the long and short on the uh, giant catfish. Sure. Human eating yeah. giant catfish. Yeah. Very yeah. likely true, I say. 
<laughs> it's got some evidence. I, yeah, I would say that it is that that one is possible. Um, yeah. But every big fish story is, you know, possible. Of course. You know, it's just another big fish story. It's like, oh, it was as big as a school bus. <laughs> I tried to fish a school bus out of the lake. Uh, <laughs> Are you talking about the school bus? The one that drove into the lake today? <laughs> no, I found, oh, I, found, I, found this, I found this dead baby in there. I can't fish that school bus. Trust me, I've never seen this job before in my life. The DNA test came back and it's your granddaughter, sir. Uh, what? I've got a vendetta against the catfish thing. <laughs> <laughs> he is my enemy until death. Anyway. <laughs> that's all of them. We got the Yunwi Sunsti, the little people who were only two feet tall and lived in hobbit holes. The boatland fairies, the little six-inch creatures. Oh, they're so cute. The birds of LaGrange who showed up out of nowhere. Oh, Just a shit. Less cute. And the giant man-eating catfish. Far less cute. Those are the... I don't know. I think the catfish could be cute. Sure, until it's, you know... Eating your baby. Yeah, neck yeah. deep. <laughs> neck deep in human. Yeah, but these are wise ones, you know. So... <laughs> right? They know about the adrenochrome. They have beards. They're trying to get that They have beards. Yeah, like long beards and bushy eyebrows. Yeah, they wear glasses, spectacles. Yes. <laughs> Monocles, I believe. Monocles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget yeah. the top hat. Yeah. They're, they're like consumers of good opera. And, you know, they're really into culture. <laughs> they love a good smoke. Scotch. Mm. I could see a smoking catfish. Yeah. <laughs> and as you and your friends start to freak out, you realize, oh my gosh, it's just a team of hang gliders that flew over top of our vision Boy. earlier. My face red. They're landing nearby, and what? They have several ounces of pot to smoke just for us? Oh, Weed smuggling hang gliders, awesome. <laughs> they brought Keith-covered blunts as well, and they have edibles? Oh my gosh, this is great. Dope humans. That's it for another episode of High Mystery. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. I'm Brett. I'm Kelly. I'm Robert. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Feel free to hang glide on over and give us some weed. <laughs> <laughs>